I'm just gonna trust where I was. Hey, Legend, how are you? Hey, good, bro. I'll come down. Thanks, Ledge. Came through the valley, we walked through the fire. Your grace is amazing. I trust what you're saying. You never play. I know that you work every trial. Feel good if I stay and be patient. Welcome to the EDGL. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This week, I am super pumped to be here. I'm here with Armando. I'm sitting on a couch. Beautiful sunny day. Yep. Um, we're going to crack into some oncological emergencies. And dude, I've had a drink of water. I feel really at home. And Armando, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, mate. It's yes. good to be here. Sweet. One thing that I've learned from talking to you is you're a really friendly dude. Um, you're always Thanks, happy to say hello. Give us a wave while you're doing a round. Thanks, man. And currently you're on the BBT program. Yeah. What are you doing? What have you been doing this year? So, I mean, this year, so I've recently moved, transitioned to Prince of Wales Hospital. Yep. So just started BBT this year. I was at Port Macquarie for six months, yep. which was really, really cool. Obviously, COVID happened, which was yep. pretty crap, but, <laughs> yeah. but I loved it at Port Mac. It was good, yep. chilled. And then I've moved back to Sydney in August and just finished off my oncology rotation okay which was really really good really really enjoyed it and so yeah i'm, I'm just studying for exams which are happening in february next year which is a bit hectic so you're gonna be your head in the books mate oh man <laughs> too much in the books it's so bad i think i have no life yeah but it's good it's, it's good. good and yeah. you've got both of us now repping this mustache yeah what's pretty dirty it's pretty <laughs> dirty <laughs> what's the you know why you grow on the mow is it are we doing something with it or? yeah mate so like i guess firstly i don't usually grow mows but as, as everyone knows it's november yes and i just thought i'd start early because my one's pretty bad <laughs> so, well, yeah i just thought i should start but yeah no no i'm pretty pumped so next good. next month's obviously an important month it so is. raising awareness so yeah epic good i'm doing the same thing i'm raising money even at work for prostate cancer That's awesome. and men's mental health so if anyone's out there make sure you grow your mow and dude, we're talking through some um, oncological emergencies yeah. as well. Dude, you're easy to find. And why you're easy to find is I can go on the internet and when I'm looking for an assignment and I want to know a bit of pathophys, I can look on a YouTube channel and find your name there. What inspired you to do some uh, medical education? So it was all an accident. So okay. just, just I, I create hand-drawn video tutorials yep. on a range of topics. And it all started back in undergrad. I did biomedical science. Yep. It was just actually it was it was actually a class. Was it a, uh, an assignment? It was yep. a pharmacology assignment, and we had to do we, we we had to present something. And I thought, hey, I want to present something in a different way. Okay. And so I decided to draw it out and record myself drawing it. It was about a drug, etanercept, which is a TNF alpha antagonist. It's like yep. an immunotherapy thing. Oh, no, sorry, not immunotherapy, just an antibody thing. But yeah, so I did it. And as I was doing it, yeah. I found it so effective to learn. Like I yes. was, I was learning it. I was, you know, I was, I was listening. I was speaking. I was editing. So I was all these modes of learning. Yep. And so I realized after doing that topic, mm. I was able to retain the information and actually understand it. So I decided after I presented it, I got good feedback, and then I decided to just upload it on YouTube just because, just because. Wow. Just just, just because. And then like I had, and then people watched it. 
And I was like, oh, cool. And then I, and then I found it an effective way to learn. So I kept making more. Yes. Mainly on immunology and stuff. And then I kept uploading it. And then it was just a vicious cycle. You know, it, I, I love to learn. And yeah. then it sort of just kept going. People liked it. So, yeah. And they're amazing. I mean, I've learned about the female reproductive system. I've learned about asthma. <laughs> oh, <thanks for> <laughs> um, and I think it's really good. And especially for visual learners, yeah. you know, we read a textbook and we go, oh, oh, oh. But when you see it visually drawn, it's amazing. Do you draw them yourself? That's your that's your drawings. Yeah. So I do draw the videos myself. Okay. So there's a bit of a process to it, but I usually have a story in my mind, and I would draw out, draw it out, and then I would record myself drawing okay. the actual full, uh, the actual proper thing. Initially, I was doing hand drawn, yep. but now I'm transitioning to tablet drawing. Wow. So a big tablet drawing board. Yep. So yeah, I mean, usually everything. So from editing, from from drawing, editing, script writing, I I, I do the whole shebang. Take some time, yeah. but I do enjoy it. Wow. Yeah. And we all that, you're still working in the hospital, still looking after oh, patients mate, and still studying. Yeah, mate. It's getting, it's getting a bit out of hand. <laughs> I won't lie. It's pretty, pretty brutal, but I do love it. I really do love it. Yeah. And I, and I really mean that. And so. you're very good. And I know, I know a bit of backstory to this. I remember meeting Amanda a few years ago. We were in St. George and I sort of said, oh, hey man, I'd love to talk to you about some topics because I've watched some of his videos. And then I messaged you this year and you were straight back, yeah, no worries. And I think that just shows a bit of you and just how pumped I'm sort of to be here. Um, I'm really cool. Now, oncology is an interesting subject. Mm. It definitely comes with a lot of mixed emotions, especially being a clinician and seeing patients that are going through this stuff. Before we get into these cases, how how do you cope? I'm I'm not an oncologist. I'm training to become a physician. Yes. I guess getting... Different exposures for diff- different specialties yes. uh, is really important. Yep. Oncology is definitely well known yep. amongst the physician training yes. as difficult, difficult, both both as a rotation, yes. just the workload, yep. but also, as you said, the emotions. And I mean, mm. I found it very hard, yes. difficult, seeing like, you know, patients who are really dying yes. from their cancer. Yes, yes. You know, asking for help and I really can't do much you know, yeah, because they are yeah. actually dying. So I think it's really important to, I guess, you know, while empathy is very important, yep. you know, putting yourself in the person's shoes, yep. it's important to take a step back and to, you mm. know, still have that sympathy, still be kind and yep. open and friendly. But at the same time, don't, it's, it's, it's quite dangerous to get attached. And I won't lie. No. I mean, there have, there has been times where I cried. Yeah. Yeah. I cried, especially, mm. I remember this one patient, I think it was a elderly, elderly man who was happily married yep. for like 60 years or something. Yep. yep. And I saw them in ED. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he was, the wife was there and I was talking to him, getting his history, yep. taking, examining him. And then he was like, just telling me, oh, I don't want to make my, you know, he was telling me about how he doesn't want to make his wife upset. Yeah. And, and you know, like telling me like, you know, I just wanted to be happy. And that just, that, and it's, that brought, like, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Yes. And it was sort of that, but, but, but at the same time, they, they saw it and yes. I could tell that they appreciated that. Yeah. But I guess in summary, I, I, I think I, I've learned to, mm. to take a step back, still be friendly, approachable. Yep, you are. At the same time professional yeah and one thing i've noticed about you in your interactions with patients is that you explain things well to the patient which is really good because i think sometimes we go in and we tell them things like bang 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 and then what happens is the patient Mm. walks out sometimes i'll say to the nurse what did they just say Um, whereas i find when i've watched you observed you you spend that little bit of extra time when you've got it to explain things and the way you explain it to us and might be or on youtube will be a lot in depth but to the patient it can be quite clear 
and concise and that's what I reckon is cool. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. And, I, and like, I just want to bring that forward. Like, I think it's super important. Patient education is super, super important because, I mean, being diagnosed with something or having something going on, they can be overwhelmed and they mm. might not like know what to ask you. But I think if you take time, mm. be informative, I think they really do appreciate it. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. The three main topics we're going to talk about today are febrile neutropenia, hypercalcemia, and spinal cord compression. Armando is going to unpack these with some cases to make it relevant to your clinical context. If you want to take notes, this is the time to start. Let's get ready, guys. Now, we're going to crack into yeah. febrile neutropenia, and we do see it a lot in emergency, yeah. and you would have seen it a lot in your training. Yeah. Talk me through it. We're going to run through a bit of a structure to keep it structured for people. Yes. So define it for me, man. So, so like a definition. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll just bring forward a case. Bring a case. A case yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. So we had this lady, uh, 45-year-old Brenda, yep. who's receiving chemotherapy for breast cancer. Yep. And these names are de-identified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Brenda is de-identified. 45-year-old yep. lady, breast cancer, receiving chemotherapy, comes to ED because she's just been unwell yep. over the past couple of days. She goes into ED. She has a fever of 38.5 mm-hmm. and you see the neutrophil count is 0.4. Normal neutrophil, neutrophil count yeah, should be? Neutro- normal neutrophil count should be just roughly between 2 to 3 to about 10. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh. So, so yeah, I mean, so this lady has a neutrophil count of 0.4. So I guess what does she have? She mm. has febrile neutropenia. Okay. So the definition is literally... You're febrile. Yep. Fever greater than 38 degrees. Yep. And also neutropenia, so a low neutrophil count. Typically, yep. it has to be less than 0.5 with a fever. However, there's also some definitions that it's less than one. Okay. And due to keep going down. Yes. So that's so repeat bloods would be important. Yeah. Okay. Repeat bloods would be important. With febrile neutropenia, just sorry to digress slightly. Yep. You mentioned normally if someone has a fever, does their neutrophil count go up? Yeah, that's a great question. So normally, yes. So normally the body has obviously the immune response or inflammatory response to whatever is going on. Yep. Usually that includes leukocytosis. So increase in neutrophils. Lovely. Just, you know, I'm not... No, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, cool. No, that's good. (laughs) Sweet. That's good. (laughs) Good. And explain a bit of that patho. We can go through a little bit of the physiology from that. Yeah. So... So Febrile neutropenia is an oncological emergency that typically occurs... Seven to ten days after a patient receives chemotherapy. Okay. And that is expected. Yep. So chemotherapy, there's different types of chemotherapies. Yep. And majority of them, a lot of them, causes they have many adverse effects. Okay. One of them is myelosuppression. So suppressing the blood cells that are produced in the bone marrow. Yep. Specifically the myeloid cells. Okay. So what I'm talking about is your red blood cells, your white blood cells, and your platelets. Okay. So the neutrophils themselves, why are they important? Yes. So why? neutrophils, yeah, so neutrophils are the first line of defense against infection. Okay. They're the ones that are circulating in your body and yep. they're the first ones that go into the tissue when something goes wrong. All right. So Mr. Infection walks through this door right now. Neutrophils Mate. are the first ones there. Mate, if we're in neutrophils, we'd... Well, <laughs> we'd <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, so, so neutrophils are super important because of the first line of defense. So yep. you can imagine yep. if the chemotherapy suppresses all your myeloid cells, including your neutrophils, you have really no first line of defense there to help 
okay. combat this bug. No one's running to the door. No one's running to the door. There's a robber. Yep. They're going to take they, over. They got him. Yep. yep. Bottle of wine's gone. Exactly. GoPro's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So that is the importance of neutrophils. So you expect to see a neutrophil drop seven to 10 days roughly after chemotherapy. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I get it. I've got a visual picture because yeah. I think visual is good for us to sort of yeah. engage. Yeah. Okay. Does it matter when that patient, you said roughly seven to 10 days post having chemotherapy, yeah. can it happen day two, day three or um, day one? Or is it generally that later, the later period? So that's a good question. So I think from my understanding yes. is that patients will typically not have a low neutrophil day two, yep. but they can have a fever. Yep. So people can have a fever, but yep. they will not have a low neutrophil at cool. day two to three post yep. chemo. Okay, good. It's usually later down the track, yep. probably five, maybe five, yep. day five. And that's yep. why our history taking is important, which we'll talk about when we get a history of a patient. Yes. Now the pathophys, I think you've kind of discussed a little bit of the pathophys. Is yeah. there anything more you want to add to that with the pathophys? Um, yeah, I mean, so just to continue it. So as we know, chemotherapy causes myelosuppression, yep. so low platelets, yes. which means there's increased risk of bleeding. Yep. You could always ask about a bleeding history maybe. Yep. Anemia, yes. so you can talk about, you can take a history about, yep. have you been feeling tired? You look for clinical signs of conjunctival pallor or whatever. Yep. And then thirdly, the neutrophil. So you always need to ask about any inf infective symptoms, especially about fever. Yep. And I guess just to top it off, chemotherapy, it's really important to also check for adverse effects. Yes. So like ulcers in the mouth, yep. for example, lethargy, yep. reduced oral intake, yes. which usually people have when they have febrile neutropenia. Yep. You know, they feel like crap. Yeah. That's good. And that's super important because there can be other things going on with the febrile neutropenia. Yeah. A case I raised recently where a patient had a pulmonary embolism um, that was oh. febrile neutropenic. So it was quite of a cool little case anyway. Damn, yeah. That's, so, um, yep. And with anemia, you mentioned macrocytic, microcytic anemia. Do we, do we look at that detail with those patients? Yeah, I mean, you do. So so cancer in itself, yes. it's, it's an inflammatory state. Yep. So you expect to see anemia of chronic disease. Yes. So normocytic anemia. However... Majority of patients oral also have iron deficiency. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's very it's very difficult. Even if you see a mean cell volume of less than you know of a, of, of eighty for example, yep. less than eighty. I mean, they might have normal iron, so they yeah. can have multifactorial. Yes. Anemia. And you've got to kind of look at the whole picture of the patient, not yeah. just that one presentation. Yeah, what definitely. were they like previously? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I'm um, examining these patients. So when you talked about the yeah. pathophys, is when you examine this lady Brenda. Yeah. who's got febrile neutropenia, who's febrile 38, mm. and she has the bloods have come back. If she is febrile, would you see hypotension? Yeah. What, what do you see sometimes? Good in point. Her? So as people may know already, having a fever, having an infection, yep. it can range from being pretty mild to pretty severe yep. for septic. You know, Brenda, mm. for example, she was complaining of really nonspecific symptoms. She was you know, lethargy, mm -hmm. reduced oral intake over the past few days. She had chemotherapy about seven days prior from yep. breast cancer. Yep. She's been otherwise doing okay, but I think by day five, she started getting just feeling febrile. Yep. She was a bit cold, yep. but very, you know, you, you would screen for all sort of infective symptoms and signs. So, you know, shortness of breath, yep. rash, yep. urinary symptoms, okay. bowel changes, and you would also, I mean, you would also ask if she's had any injections or any okay. sort of port, you know, like is a port, if she's using a port, is it yep. okay? Yep. A pick line, is it okay? Yep. So. Because it could be a possible source of something. Exactly. So you want to like screen for any potential, ask for any potential symptoms and, you know, has she been traveling? Yep. Has she been in contact with anyone sick? Yep. So you want to ask all these questions and then examination is probably as, actually is as important. Okay. So top to bottom. Yep. 
Pick line, really important because a lot of these patients, they have different different sites of, of entry. Yeah. Port, pick. I mean, what else? Yeah. Some of them might have a pleural drain in, yes. Plurex. Yep. I don't and know. then you you see them a lot at the moment. Plurex drains being in for yeah. those longer. They can yes. be for longer periods of times. Can go home and have them tap themselves. Yeah. Were they aseptic yeah. when they were doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Could it be a source of an effusion that's yeah. causing it? Yeah. So I mean, you always you always want to look in the person's mouth to yep. see if there's any ulcers because yep. that could be a potential source. Yep. Or any oral candida, you know, rashes. Again, yep. listen to the heart, listen to the to the back, and also feel the abdomen because diarrhea could potentially be a source of infection. Yep. And then, yeah, I mean, urinary symptoms. So it's a, uh, urinary symptoms, good one to raise. I think we forget about the urinary symptoms yeah. as well. Or forget, we, we wait for urine, but sometimes the patient has already weed and we're like, oh, we'll get a yeah. weed. Do we wait on these patients? Like, I mean, you've got them if they are maybe tachycardic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Was she tachycardic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. So so Brenda, she had non-specific symptoms. So, non. So really normal heart rate. Cool. Normal blood pressure. Yes. Just febrile. Yep. And just feeling lethargic. Yep. So really, she was quite stable, but yep. she had febrile neutropenia by definition. What did they do with CRP? Just out of interest. Oh yeah. So Sorry to raise that up. No, like, that's great. I always get add on CRP. I did. The, I, yeah, there was someone doing a study that looked at normal white cell counts, not in febrile neutropenia, yeah. and elevated CRP. And could it be a reason to keep someone still in hospital in an yeah. ED? Did you do a CRP? I love CRP. You do? You like it? I love CRPs. I love it. It's a fine line. Especially, no, I think working in, as an oncology reg, I think all, a lot of the oncologists like CRP. They do? I think so. What, what's CRP? So CRP is an acute inflammatory uh, response sort of marker. Yep. So what happens in an inflammatory state yes. is that your immune cells, as well as your other cells in your body that is reacting, mm-hmm. they will secrete interleukin-6, yep. which is a cytokine, travels and then stimulates the liver to produce CRP. So that's the mechanism of why CRP is released. So you see a raised CRP in infection, inflammation. You also see it in cancer. Okay. So cancer patients all, always have a pretty high CRP. Okay. Probably not as high as above 100. Okay, not, not 300 or crazy. But if they have an acute sort of oncology sort of progression of disease, yes. it can jump up okay. before going back down. Yep. So it's really hard to interpret. I think you got to look at the whole picture. Of the patient. Yeah. Which is good. I think I love that you've raised the whole picture of the patient. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can just focus yeah. on it. This sort of stuff. Being an oncology reg, you, you got a call about Brenda, let's just say, and you yep. go down to assess her. You've yep. done that full picture of assessment mm-hmm. around. But how do we treat Brenda? So that's a good so that's a good question. So mm-hmm. I guess first and foremost with febrile neutropenia, again, it is a medical oncological emergency. Yep. So we have to just do all the investigations beforehand. So yes. we've done the bloods on Brenda. Yes. So we've we, we, we know she's neutropenic. Yes. We want to make sure to do a septic screen. So yep. everything. So if she has a wound, yep. swab it. Cool. If she has an ulcer, swab it. Cultures. In, in the mouth. Yeah. Yep. If she, yeah. Blood cultures, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, you can argue, you know, should you get two blood cultures from two different sides? Dude, dude, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So really, clinically, I mean, if, 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 if I was an exam question, I'd be like, at least get two blood cultures. Yes. At least from two different sides. But realistically... I think if she was unstable, if yep. Brenda was unstable, definitely two. Okay, cool. But she was stable, one. Cool. Infective endocarditis, three. Well, okay. Yeah. Why infective? It's just it just increases sensitivity. Okay. Yeah, yeah it just increases the diagnosis cool. for the bug in the blood. Yep. Uh, and it's around the heart, pretty important. Organ. Yeah, very, yeah. 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 So Brenda, you know, the blood cultures, yep. urine, urine cultures, even urine dipstick, send it off. Okay. Just urine dipstick, yes. Okay. I think just do it. And majority of the oncologists want it sent. Yes. And yeah, and then any, any source of infection, chest x-ray as well, very important. 
Because sometimes looking for like a fusions or something, or looking for because if they've got mm. a malignancy, you'd probably see previous lobe stuff, would you? Good point. Yeah. So good point. So I mean, yeah, I mean they probably already have pre-existing maybe pleural effusions from yep. the cancer potentially yep. if it's in, or if met's in the lung. But yeah, I mean, but you mainly want to look for changes, mainly consolidation. Okay. As like pneumonia. Did Brenda have any of that on the chest X-ray? So Brenda, no. no. She didn't have, so, so she had a clear chest X-ray. Yep. She was neutropenic, as yep. we know. Urine MCS clear. Okay. Well, the dipstick was clear. We still haven't got the urine MCS by this stage. Yep. I mean, she had, she had no respiratory symptoms. Okay. She was lethargic and stuff. Yep. We couldn't find a source. But we've taken the cultures, and I guess anyone with febrile neutropenia, even if they're stable yep. and have a fever, Tazacin. Tazacin okay. Taz. is, is, is the, is the, yeah, is the first line. And Brenda had um, every six hours, so QID. Yep. Let's say she came to ED and we, yep. we've got the first stage and sometimes we have this septic pathway and nurses will go, yeah. oh, she's thrown a card at me, it's red, you know, the yep. red card. Or, and she's 30, whatever, say 35, and she's, you know, I'm worried that she could be possibly septic. Yep. And you haven't got your neutrophil count. Could they give antibiotics earlier? Do you, do you see that happen a bit? Yeah. So I think, and that's why history is fundamental. Cool. So if you know she's had chemotherapy and she's within that sort of window yep. and she's a cancer, but she's ill, you would just start tazacin. We can assume yeah. she's in yeah. yeah. Cool. And you would still do blood cultures as soon as possible. Yes. But if she's like super ill, then I think, I think it's warranted. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. Cool. Tazacin. And then in that point, if someone who's septic yes. and has febrile neutropenia, people tend to add uh, gentamicin okay. on top of tazacin. Okay. And the other important thing is on that, like for example, she's known to have MRSA or she's known to have a skin infection with yep. MRSA and stuff like that. And you think this might be the source. Yep. Then you add vancomycin as well. Okay. Because um, that is resistant. It's going to attack yeah, organisms. For, yeah, attacking MRSA specifically. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But tazacin, just remember tazacin, feral neutrophenia, tazacin. And it's pretty quick to keep to. Yeah. yeah. And another thing important I want to raise as well for yep. oncology patients with febrile neutropenia who's, who are ill yep. is that, you know, like they're NFR, like ICU, yes. like, like, you, like you want to know, I want to know, like yes. are they ICU candidate, inotropes, yes. how much do we give? Yeah. So Brenda, for example, you know, IV fluids we yep. gave her, even though she was, you know, stable, IV fluids, yep. tazacin. One thing you raised there, which was cool, was that NFR, like there's got to be a conversation. If you're in ED, do you call, you call the oncology, yep. Reg who's on. Do they try and make sure they're talking to the specialist who treats that patient? Is that a yes. common thing? Yes. So I, I would not make the call. No, makes sense. I would sense. definitely ask the consultant yes. about the resuscitation status of their patient yep. if they're known to someone. Yep. However, sometimes you already know, like from the history, from yep. the previous documentation, yes. palliated. Okay. Really, and, and already previous discussions yep. about that. Yep. So you just, you have to look at the history. Yep. You have to look at the previous notes. Yep. And that's really important. Yeah, I mean, and this, I love how you raise the ceiling of care of the patient because potentially yeah. it could be antibiotics, maybe non-invasive. I don't know. You know, if they're quite young, maybe is it some yeah. sort of invasive stuff, yeah. but not intubation, not CPR. Yeah. So I think that's really cool to raise. Yeah. But Brenda, obviously, forty-five, breast cancer. She's she's pretty, and she's and she's tolerating chemo pretty well. Yep. She was admitted. Yep. Uh, she received tazacin for a few days. Yep. She was afebrile for forty-eight hours okay. after being admitted. <sighs> Look. I don't know what the guidelines say, but yep. she was stepped down to some oral antibiotics. Yep, okay. Augmentin to do a four yep. for a few more days. <laughs> <The whole laughs> <stuff>. Everyone <laughs> loves Augmentin to do a to swallow in the whole of yes. <laughs> And then she was discharged with follow-up with her, her oncologist. Okay. So, you know, you want to admit febrile neutropenia. You do. You do. You okay. Do. And that's, that's a good thing to say. These, these patients, we want to keep them. We want to look after yeah. them. And I've found their teams want to know about the patient. Yeah. Like some teams, 
Uh, yeah, um, I don't know if this is gastro, I don't know if this is cardio, you know, but I yeah. think the, the neutropenic patients and the hematological patients too, they tend to want to know their patients are there. For sure. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Oncologists, they love their patients. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Love it. And anything else you want to add on febrile neutropenia? Um, you've mentioned all those sort of pathways. Oh. How did you approach when you're talking to these patients mm-hmm. and you're saying, I find the patients tend to know a lot about this stuff. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Actually, that's very good. So usually before patients receive chemotherapy, they get educated. They get educated about what to look out for. And one of the things is for make sure to measure your temperature. So oftentimes when patients do come into ED, they they say, I've got a temperature, I've had chemo. Yeah, they they know their symptoms, they know changes. So it's really, again, history is key. And I found they've had previous admissions before, they've been up to chemo. Some of them are just over it. And some of them are obviously very, you know, mindful, like, I've got a port straight away. You're like, okay, cool. Thanks. You know, yes. you can get that access quick. Actually, sorry. That's, you actually reminded me about something. Yep. So peripheral cultures, if they have port, you want to do port, port cultures. Cool. And also pick, pick line as well. I mean, if you, yeah. You know, so to think about that. Hey? Yeah. Just to think about the sources. Yeah. It might not be that positive in one. Yeah. And not in the other. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Loving it. I'm really enjoying it. Dude, awesome. we're going to talk about another case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah. I've got. So we're going to talk about hypercalcemia. Yes. Cool. Yes. I didn't know a lot about hypercalcemia, to be honest with you, but I've tried to read up on it, but you know a lot more about it than me. Oh, we're at in oncology and an oncology emergency. We've got someone who's got uh, high calcium. Talk to me about why. What is the definition of hypercalcemia? Hypercalcemia. So your normal blood calcium levels yes. is between like 2.2 to 2.6. It depends on which laboratory. 100%. So 2.2 to 2.6. Hypercalcemia is therefore above 2.6. Yep. Now, hypercalcemia, calcium is really important in many things. Yep. Probably the most important thing to know is the heart. Yep. Okay. Because it, you know, it's important for contraction, for example. Yep. But also for muscles as well. Yep. Like calcium is just like, you need it. It's important. It's good. It's important. It's, it's like important. milking it on your breakfast. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Now, a case, I mean, there was this gentleman, Ron. Ron, let's get He on. was like, Ron was a really nice old man. He yep. was like 75. Yep. He actually followed up with one of the oncologists. Yep. He's feeling a bit unwell, feeling a bit muscle aches and pains. Okay. Yep. He had some like reduced bowel movements. Okay. He was a bit constipated. Yep. And the recent bloods, the oncologist checked, it was 3.2. Okay. 3.2. So it's up. And, and you want to look at the corrected calcium. And that's there's, there's, yeah, so there's a reason. So the corrected calcium was 3.2. Okay. So what is corrective calcium? What is corrective just, calcium? Just to make it simple. Simple. Many things can influence calcium levels in yes. your body. Albumin is one of them. Yes. So albumin is, is, is a carry molecule yep. essentially, and it can carry calcium around and whatnot. Yep. If the albumin is low, that can affect calcium and all vice versa. So corrective calcium is really when all these other factors are looked into. Yep. And that's the calcium level you're actually looking at. Yep. So, so Roy, I think his name was Roy. Sorry, his name is not Roy, but Roy, uh, 3.2 calcium, yep. constipation, just aches and pains all over. Yep. So he has hypercalcemia. Okay. So he needs to be admitted. Yep. So mm-hmm. he was admitted directly from the rooms yep. okay. for treatment. Okay. Yeah. And explain a bit of the physiology. You've explained a little bit of the pathophys of yeah. that calcium. What are the things that can cause high calcium yeah. levels in the blood? You mentioned some of them. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned where it can bind to, but how, what causes it? Yeah. So... So I guess Roy, I'll yep. use Roy an example. Roy had renal cell carcinoma. Okay. So he has a background of renal cell carcinoma. He was treated with oral chemotherapy. Yep. Uh, metastatic renal cell carcinoma. 
I guess let's learn about the physiology. Yeah, one phys. of the one of the like the main cause. Yep. Just to remember, take home message. Take home. Main cause of hypercalcemia. The yes. main cause is either going to be a primary hyperparathyroidism. Yep. Or malignancy. Those are the okay. two most common yep. and main causes. Why are you parathyroid? What does yes. the parathyroid do? Yeah. Good question. Good question. So the parathyroid, you got four glands. Yep. They sit behind your thyroid gland and they are the main regulators of calcium levels in Boom. your body. So what happens is the parathyroid glands, yep. they release parathyroid hormone. Parathyroid hormone basically stimulates the bone to essentially release, break, break it down and to release calcium and phosphate into the blood. Okay. It also stimulates the kidneys to activate it to vitamin D, D yep. active form. Yep. And vitamin D stimulates reabsorption of calcium yep. from your gut, but also from the kidneys. Dude. So complex. Yeah, man. So, so parathyroid, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a dog. It's yeah, a, you don't hear like that parathyroid. No, man, no one cares. It's those four glands. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. So, so the physiology is really the parathyroid gland is a driver. Okay. If, if that's high, your calcium levels are high. Okay. Yeah. That's really the physiology. So I guess in cancer, now yes. I want to bring it down to cancer, right? that's what we're talking about. Sorry to No, no. So, so the main, there's many causes of hypercalcium in cancer. Yep. Number one, mm-hmm. if you have a cancer of your parathyroid gland. So the, easy. the source. Easy. Bang. Easy. Number one. Yeah. So high parathyroid <laughs> hormones means high calcium levels. Okay. That's one cancer cause. Yep. Boom. Second one is we know that cancer is stored. Yep in complex sort of structure, paraphosphate crystals in the bone. Yep. So if you have bone cancer yep. or bone metastasis yep. from whatever source, yep. breast yep. is common, okay. lung is common, yep. prostate is common, yep. they all metastasize to the bones. Yes. So when it metastasizes to the bones, it causes an inflammatory reaction, yep. basically stimulating bone breakdown, releasing calcium. Okay. So parathyroid gland yep. cancer, one. Next. Second is bone cancer or bone metastasis. Cool. Another cause. Always three. There's, <laughs> nah, there's more. There's more. There's more, man. There's... Another amazing cause is paraneoplastic syndrome. What is that? Oh, man. I, I don't know. Oh. Paraneoplastic syndrome is a, is a basic phenomenon in cancer yeah. whereby cancer cells, they develop yes. the ability to produce hormones or okay. peptides yep. that they shouldn't otherwise be, be able yeah. to. Yeah. Or, or not only that, or they just antibodies are produced or something in the body happens that, that shouldn't occur because of the cancer. Okay. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. So, so an example. Yep. So ovarian cancers. Yep. Ovarian cancers, they, they have the ability to produce parathyroid hormones. Wow. So, so they mutate and stuff yep. like that. It's yep. a paraneoplastic phenomenon where they produce parathyroid hormones. Yep. And essentially that will obviously stimulate bone breakdown and hypercalcemia. Boom. Then there's another one. So this patient had renal cell carcinoma. Okay. So renal cell carcinoma, as well as non-small cell, like some lung cancers, yes. they have the ability to produce parathyroid hormone-related peptides. Okay. Related. Not parathyroid hormone, no. but similar. Yep. And so that's a paraneoplastic phenomenon. And so they, you know, it's like the same thing. They, they, they produce parathyroid hormone, causes high calcium. Roy most likely had paraneoplastic phenomenon okay. because of his renal cell carcinoma causing mm-hmm. the hypercalcemia. But at the same time, I'm, I don't know if he had bone mitts as well. I can't remember, but that could also be. But that can also contribute to yeah. it. So not only one, like the parathyroid, but you've got other things that can relate to that cause of calcium. Yeah, I mean, but I'd like to think that in, in Roy's case, it was I that. think it was the parathyroid hormone-related peptide. Yep. And one more, co- well, one more cause. Yep. Some lymphomas and some cancers have the ability to either activate vitamin D. Okay. 
So like the kidneys yep. have a potential to activate vitamin D. Yep. Some cancers have that potential. Wow. So therefore vitamin D, high calcium. Yeah. There's heaps. There's, there's heaps. In cancer, there's heaps. It's like, but then like for me, that's blowing my mind, the parathyroid. Yeah, like it's cool. It's really I kind of didn't know a lot about it. Yeah, what if someone's had that removed? So yeah, so if you have so if you have the parathyroid gland removed, yeah. I mean you'd have low. You'd have low. low calcium. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's good yeah. just to know. Then yeah. you go if your patient has had that done, you may have a low calcium. Cool. Yeah. Um and so when you mentioned actually on that note, so someone who has a thyroid removed. Yes. Yeah. So one of the complications you look out for is low calcium after the thyroid is removed. Really? Because the parathyroid glands are there. Attached to that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And if you have hypocalcemia, yes. one of the complications mm-hmm. is basically tetany. Yeah. So stiff, like because there's not enough calcium. Because yeah, they, they use sodium channel. Well, oh, muscle sure movements. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're involved in muscle movements yes. and and stuff. So they get stiff. Yeah. A good example there, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm recorded, man. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta be visual. Oh, this snapshot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in cancer, you mentioned that there's like stages to cancer when it gets into the bone. I'm assuming that's the latter stages of cancer, or yeah. can cancer sort of be? You know, you mentioned like that. I'm sure that the stage is hating yeah. cancer. Yeah. So, so every cancer, just in, in, in just general, yeah, every just general. cancer needs to be staged okay. because it depends on the stage that the, all the different treatment options are available. Yep. So once it's at bone, if it's not the primary, yes. If it's metastasized, we yep. call it moved. Then that's usually stage four, okay. the final stage. Yep. And I like how you mentioned that you can have a primary source and it can move to a secondary source because that's yeah. Not that that's good and it's bad for sure. Mm. But it's also good for us to know that that things can move. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, cool. definitely. So you've done the pathway fears. I know heaps now. I feel like Whoa, yeah, bro, dude. You've seen Roy, mm-hmm. um, and you're assessing him. Talk to me about your assessment of Roy. Yeah, it was so, Ron then Roy. We know we make, yeah, we make up yeah. our names. So. Yeah. Was it Ron? <laughs> oh, no, it's Roy. I'm just gonna call him Roy. It's gonna be Ronald. So, yeah. <laughs> so Roy, you so he goes to the wards, right? Roy yep. went to the wards yep. in uh, direct admission for hypercalcemia. Yep. So the things I want to ask is obviously ask a bit about his cancer, yep. what treatment he's on. Yep. But I, what I really want to know is any his signs and symptoms related yes. to high calcium. Yep. So what you want? What to are those for? signs and symptoms? Yeah. So so there's this <laughs> I want to call it an acronym. This is a thing to remember the signs and symptoms with psychiatric mo- moans, okay. which is so high calcium can cause issues with your mental state. Yep. So this so this includes like confusion, yep. memory loss, delirium, yep. all that stuff. And then you can have abdominal groans. So moans, groans. Yep, moans, groans. So, so that's basically abdominal aches. Pain. Yep. yep. And then, you, had, and then you can have thrones. So thrones meaning toilet. not Game of Thrones. No, no. Oh, that's kind of last like Thrones, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. That was a last, that was a bad last season. But anyway, so, so thrones means toilet. Yes. So you want to ask for constipation. Yep. Which is a symptom. Yep. And also a polyuria. So okay. Increase urinary frequency. We. Yeah, it's weird. Constipation, but polyuria. Normally you get the opposite. But anyway, yeah. I was pinching myself during the whole interview, mainly because I love watching Armando's stuff. I love watching the way he unpacks things, the way he explains things in a way that's clear. It was so cool talking to him. He was so humble and he was so willing to share his information. During the interview, he never even looked at any of his notes. And this showed me just how much of a brain he is. I totally know why now Armando has a brain as his picture. To me, this guy is a brain. And also, he's not a brain with this information that isn't usable. He uses it daily with his patients. I'm going to wrap out some hypercalcemia for Armando. I know he'll love this. 
I'm talking stones, bones, thrones, groans, and psychiatric overtones. You! So yeah, I mean, you just want to ask about this. So Roy, for example, yeah. I asked him, he's had constipation. Okay, boom, too. And he's been having muscle aches and pains. Okay. He's been feeling more lethargic and a bit off for the past few days. Yep. And those are hypercalcemia. Okay. That's hypercalcemia. And you're like, it makes sense. It yes. It makes sense why this, this person has this. And so you want to examine them. I mean, yes. you just do every examination. Full examination. Yeah, just full examination. Not really looking for anything in particular that I could really think of. I mean, obviously, calcium is important for the heart. Yes. You probably want to look at the ECG. Because you know calcium as well as hypothermia yeah. can cause those weird yes. ECG Osborne waves. I'm be wrong. I'm <laughs> Maybe. wrong, bro. But I know, I know you look at QT. QT. So, so short? Be, no. Yeah, short. Short. No, so short for hypercalcemia and hypos. Long. Chest X-ray, like all your stand stand stuff. Of course, sorry. Yeah, so you want to look for. I mean, you do the bloods, yep. standard bloods. But the thing, the thing is with Roy. I mean, normal hypercalcemia. Yeah, just do bloods. Any cancer patients, bloods, urine MCS. If you yep. really, I don't know what you're looking for, really. Yep. But also chest X-ray, just because they're they're admitted. But Roy, we know he's got hypercalcemia. Cool, we know. Yep. We just want to make sure nothing else is going on with Roy, okay. which nothing was. Okay, good. Abdominal X-ray potentially is useful, especially if he's been constipated. Yep. Just want to look at how bad it is. Yep. I, do they see here? No, just no. abdominal X-ray. Good. If it's constipation, yep. we weren't thinking about obstruction yes. because he wasn't vomiting. Yes. Obviously, he was passing wind. Yes. So, but he had he was constipated because of the. And with the hypercalcemia being an important physiology in the body, does that throw off anything else? Like, good example, like, you know, you throw off sodium and potassium or you throw off something else and it can cause differences. Oh, does calcium throw something else off? Does it throw off your potassium? Are they tending yeah. to be hypokalemic or hyperkalemic? Yeah. Or, or hyper, if he's weighing a lot, is mm. he hyponatremic? Or hyponatremic, sorry? Actually, that's actually a very good question. That's actually a really good question. Uh, in general, people who come with hypercalcemia, tend to not have anything else going cool. on. Done. But you're absolutely right. If they're polyuric, yep. they could be lo- losing a lot of uh, water. They yep. could be dehydrated. Yep. Your sodium could be high or it could yep. be low. Yep. And I guess it also depends on what other medications they're taking cool. as well. Yep. So obviously medication history is really important. And these meds are great. Like I've read some of the oncology patients' medications, mate. They are intense. I, oh, man, yeah. In Tabernab or something I read yesterday, oh. I, didn't, I didn't even know what it did, man. Like I, I, yeah, I didn't understand it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the patient corrects me and says, no, it's this one. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know what it does. for sure, for sure. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So you've assessed, you know, you've assessed for hypercalcemia. You've gone up to the ward. You've seen him. Did he go home? Did he stay, did he stay on the ward or what, what yeah. was the treatment? Up? What, so, how do you treat this? Sorry. Yeah, good. So, good so question. silly. No, that's no, good. It's a good question. So hypercalcemia is an oncological emergency. Yep. Because one, it could really cause problems with the heart, yep. for example. Yep. And it could, I mean, it could cause severe obstruction. It could cause mental changes. Yep. For a prolonged number of days, hypercalcemia is pretty dangerous. Pretty dangerous. So the first line treatment mm-hmm. is fluids. Okay. Push fluids. Aggressively. Normal say like aggressively. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So like five liters. Wow. Usually in one day. One liter. What? Five liters. Yeah. 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 Like okay. push it. Go hard. Yeah. Go hard or go home. Okay. I love um, it. <laughs> and I mean, so really the, the, the mechanism behind that is you're trying to drain out the calcium from the body. Okay. To put it simply. Yep. However, you have to take into account usually cancer patients yes. and Roy, he was old. Yep. So, you know, do they have renal failure? Okay. Do they have heart failure? Yep. So with these patients, you can go a bit more relaxed. Okay. So maybe three liters okay. in, in a day or something. Yep. Some oncologists also use fruzamide. Okay. So, you know, when you flush, when you use yep. aggressive fluid resuscitation, yep. you sort of use fruzamide just to help push it out. But then again, that's also bad for the kidneys, right? Yeah. 
So, but just to keep it simple, aggressive fluids. Yep. And also, depending on the calcium levels, you want to use bisphosphonates. I've never seen that medication used. So bisphosphonates, so IV, IV. mainly. So zoledronic acid or pamindronate are yes. two bisphosphonates you can use. And usually this is the, the treatment for hypercalcemic oncology. Okay. Aggressive fluids and bisphosphonate. Why do you use bisphosphonates? Why? So the mechanism of action is that bisphosphonates, as we know, calcium comes from bone. Yep. So bisphosphonates really incorporates themselves into the bone tissue, the yep. pyrophosphate crystals. They embed there and they get absorbed by the cells that actually break down the bone called osteoclasts. Yep. And it tells them to stop. Well, it by either by, by killing them, basically yes. by by being, <laughs> being absorbed by the osteoclast and just just telling them to stop. It also prevents osteoclastic activity, so the bone, the, the cells that break down the bone. Yeah, well. So that's how it lowers, and it actually significantly lowers. Is, so you, you, is you, it a one-off treatment or a continually one-off? One-off. Usually, one-off is enough. No, it's just a one-off dose. One-off dose. Yeah, one-off dose. So I mean, you can go over a few minutes giving it, like twenty minutes or so, or wow. fast. Depending. Okay. Yeah, but. And generally given in oncology wards, yeah, unlikely. Yeah. yeah, I don't know over how long you give bisphosphonates. I'll, I'll, I'll look, yeah, policies yeah, and yeah. fully local yeah, yeah. policies and procedures in giving these medications. Oh, sure. I guess there's there's obviously things you can add on top of that. Yes, calcitonin is another yes. thing you can give. I I've never seen it used. I don't know how cool. it's used, Done. but calcitonin is you can use. And how does it work? Yep, it's a normal hormone that gets produced by your body. Yep, and it does the opposite of parathyroid hormone. So by giving calcitonin. You're doing you're the opposite. It. Yeah, you're doing the opposite thing as parathyroid hormone. So, so yeah, so Roy, going back to Roy. Yeah, Roy. So Roy was chilling. He was constipated. <laughs> yeah. His abdo X-ray showed fecal, like fecal loading. loading. So we were treated with appearance. So yes. just give him colossal senna, give him some Mova. We love that. In- I love it. Oncology loves it. They Oncology. do. Yeah, everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. You got to work the bowels. Yeah, man. no, you, you, you want. You need to. Yeah. So we gave him some of that. We gave yep. him aggressive fluids. Yeah. We do a strict fluid chart just to cool. make sure. We do daily bloods on Roy because okay. we want to make sure to assess his renal function okay. because obviously yep. he's old, you know, renal function. Do you catheterize these guys to, to check no. their output? They have no. to measure yeah. it. Cool. Cool. Look, I feel like if they're immobile, yep. if there are other issues, then you would catheterize cool. them. Yep. But no. Roy was chilling. Cool. He was a chiller. Chiller. And then we gave him some zoledronic acid, five, four, four milligrams. And yeah, I mean, after a few days, we monitored daily his calcium. Yep. We monitored his symptoms, his renal function. Yep. It all went smoothly. You it all saw went smoothly. a trend down. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. A, a um, week admission, a, a bit of time, or it so, can start to taper quite quickly. I mean, I want to make this story nice and say, like he, you know, he was yeah. discharged yeah. after after his uh, calcium levels um, uh, normalized. Normalized. Yeah. normalized. Yeah. He was walking. Yeah, cool. Allied Health reviewed him. Great. He was discharged yeah. and with follow up, and his bowels were working daily. It was Great. fine. So that's yeah. what happened with Roy. And I think the cool thing with medical oncology is that you're treating patients that. I mean, there are a lot of sad stories, don't get me wrong, yeah. really sad stories, but there are also wins. And sometimes you get some wins where patients are like, I get to get this treatment and I get to go home yeah. and I get to see the family. I get to walk out of here yeah. after a week. Yeah. But it is definitely comes with a toll of, yeah. of seeing some really, and these patients are very resilient. They are in a way like, I, I love these patients because they tend to put a few things back into reality for myself. Yeah. When I'm whinging about something, can I talk yeah. to them? I'm like, you are yeah. awesome. I really like yeah. them. Yeah. They're really cool. I so. mean, so hypercalcemia in itself is actually a, one of those ones which, like, it's quite easy to treat. I don't okay. want to say easy, no. but it's, you know, it's like good. It's good Thank for the cancer patients because we know what's going on. Yes. But also we have to figure out what's causing it. Yeah. You know? Sometimes th- it can be first presentation of a cancer. Okay. 
Really? So in a yeah. first presentation of a cancer, yeah. someone comes in feeling generally malaised, unwell, yeah, and then throws out a really high calcium yeah. level corrective. Yeah. We go, what's yeah. going on here? Because remember, the most two most common causes is primary hyperparathyroidism, yes. which is a lot of parathyroid hormone being released, yep. or number two, cancer. cancer. So those are two. A classic, I know this is sort of going no, track. Go, go, go. So multiple myeloma yes. is a hematological malignancy, yep. and it can present usually may present with hypercalcemia. Dude. With, with back pain, maybe, because it's fractured. Yes. But yeah, just, Which just FYI. No, good. Yeah. We got AKI it. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good to raise, yeah. because I think we sometimes, for us in emergency too, sometimes we get, it's this, it's this, it's this, and then it can be something like that, those abnormal bloods, and those ones where it starts to be like, Hey, this doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and you've seen it in pediatric populations as well, oh, which is yeah, sort of sad, sad as well. Yeah, I think hypercalcemia. I think just take home message. Yeah, take home. Two main two main causes. Yes. Uh, primary hyperparathyroidism. Yep. And malignancies. And treat them fluid resuscitation. Like fluid aggressive fluids. Yep. And also by bisphosphonates IV. Yep. Cool. Take which is message. good. No, I like yeah. it. And how to give that? Look it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just ask one of those. Typical. Yeah. yeah. It's always like, you know, I've worked in research. like, you just push that, don't you? And then there'll be like someone, like, and one of the nurses will be like, oh, myself, like, hey, bro, you can't, it's got to run over yeah. an You just can't push that thing. But that's cool. We love that. That's why we work Sorry, together. No, that's yeah. why we work together. Because I think it's good that we all have different specialties than we all work. Yeah, for sure. And I know oncology nurses, we got one recently in ED, man. She knows her medications, bro. Now the last case we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? So spinal cord compression. Wow. Yeah. So this is probably, wow, one of the most serious because it can affect, I guess, long-term mobility. Yes. And really just like functional status. Yes. I mean, what do I mean by this? So spinal cord compression is literally your spinal cord getting compressed. Yes. And as we know, your spinal cord is important because yep. it has nerves that supply, you know, your lower limbs, yep. for example, or your yep. upper limbs yep. for, for movement, for sensation. Yep. I want to tell you a story, actually. Yeah. It was actually, I was also doing oncology at that time. Yeah. And I was doing an internship. Uh, there was a lady I saw in ED. Yep. Her name was Gwen. Yep. She was 60 years old. She had a history of breast cancer. Yeah. And she came in with low back pain. Yep. And she had... A reduced mobility and mm-hmm. weakness. Okay. So straight away, yep. I mean, low back pain, reduced mobility, weakness. You gotta be, you gotta be thinking spinal cord compression, yep. especially with someone who has a history of breast cancer or cancer in general. Yep. So yeah, what what is it? I yeah. Mean, the brain. So the spinal cord is important. I, I mentioned that it, it carries nerves to your limbs yep. so you can move. Yep. It also brings in sensory information to your okay. brain so yep. you can sense stuff. So the spinal cord is protected yep. because it's so important. Yeah. It's protected by the meninges, okay. which is basically a membrane. Mm-hmm. And within the meninges, so we've got a few layers, but it's also sort of covered by cerebrospinal fluid. Yeah. Which is CSF. Yeah, CSF. Which is important because, you know, it, it sort of acts as a as a buoyancy type thing. So it doesn't cushions? Yeah, cushion sort of thing. Like yeah. it just floats in the water. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the CSF, yeah. CSF is important because it also nourishes the spinal cord okay. and everything. It's in its natural environment yeah. and it's fluid. Then again, you know, you've got your meninges, you've got your cerebrospinal fluid. That's not enough. You need bone. So that's where your, 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 your the, the bones of your back yep. come in. So they so they surround your spinal cord. Yep. I've noticed during this, I'm starting to try and sit up tall. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and that's why your spinal cord is super important. Yep. It's protected by all these things. Now, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. 
these different structures could be affected and they could compress the spinal cord. Okay. So what happens is you have blood supply coming to the spinal cord, right? Yep. Surrounding the spinal cord, you have venous plexus. Mm -hmm. So these are your veins that drain the blood from your spinal cord. So if in cancer, Mm. very commonly, you can have a bone fracture. Okay. Just as an example. Yep. Because of cancer, metastasis. Fractures, it pushes against the spinal cord because of the fracture. And when it pushes, it actually compresses the venous plexus. Yep. It, It compresses the drainage. Okay. And so when you compress the drainage... You know, you get this edematous reaction. Yep. So you're causing swelling in the area. Yep. You're compressing the spinal cord. Yep. You're also reducing maybe blood supply because mm-hmm. your arteries are sort of, it's all going backwards. Yep. And that can be de- like detrimental. So okay. because of that, you're, you're, you're compressing the spinal cord. Yep. You're compressing the nerves that are supplying your, your whatever, your lower limbs. Yes. Causing weakness, sensory changes. Okay. So that's why, and I know a neurological examination are very intense, you yes. know, watching, you know, but numbness, like you've mentioned, or some sort of paresthesia, something that's causing a bit of yep. not normal for the patient. I think we should be really worried about for sure. patients. For sure. Does it normally occur in the lower part of the body in these patients? Have you seen yeah, your experience? Good question. So majority of spinal cord compressions in malignancy, yep. thoracic. Okay. So thoracic. thoracic. So therefore, it will usually affect the lower limbs. Yep. Yeah, so it's not it's not it's not very common to have the cervix, but no. uh, so it's a cervical area, but mainly the yeah, the thoracic. Cervix, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You've got a video on the When you mention the menstrual cycle, all I could think about was the cervix. I'm just But yeah, so thoracic spine is the one, and it's just the longest. You know, it's got yeah twelve in there. Yeah, so it's a big one. Yeah, does trauma. Definitely. So, I mean, we can talk about the different causes. Yeah, let's... So, trauma, big cause. Yeah. Motor vehicle, motor vehicle accidents, yes. big cause. Yeah. Uh, sad story of a person I knew back in Toowoomba. Yeah. Who's, who's one of those guys that were like, looking after horses yep. who would do the races. Yes. Anyway, I think he was riding it and, it and essentially the horse fell on him. Wow. And it literally fell on his back. Yep. And he was basically, he couldn't... Yep. Actually, basically, so cord compression. Yeah, cord compression. Couldn't be salvaged. Yep. And yeah, he lost yeah, sensation Sorry in the water. Yeah, yeah really, really crazy. So trauma, big one. Yep. In cancer specifically. Yeah, we're talking cancer. Yeah. So so Gwen, yep. her cause was breast cancer, which yep. has metastasized to, to the bone. So you have bone metastasis causing yep. a fracture. Yep. Uh, you can have bone primary causing spinal cord okay. compression. The primary being bone. Yeah, you can be having a primary being bone. I mean, I don't. I'm, uh, I don't know. Like, it's it's definitely it could it could happen. Yeah, it could. Everything's um, good. Yeah, and also primary spinal cord tumor. Yes, like an intramedullary tumor. Yes, can cause it. Yep. Also, this is cancer specifically, yep. right? Yep. External compression. Yes. So, for example, so we know that the spinal cord is protected by Correct. the by the bone. An external source cancer can grow into the, the, the spinal cord and compress it. Yep. And then you have other crazy causes. Also important in cancer. Yep. If because they're they're immunosuppressed. Yep. Infections can come, abscess yes. can fall, and it can compress the spinal cord. Yep. Some cancer patients, hematological, they get treated intrathic, like they get you yeah. know, spinal taps and stuff. Yep. You know, that could be a source of infection. Yeah. And epidural abscess, whatever, causing 100%. spinal cord. Disease. So really important to think about all these differentials. No. But in cancer, the most common is metastasis to the bone, yep. causing a fracture, edema, yep. and compression of yep. that spinal cord. Because I think it's important because that will relate to treatment. Okay. Yeah. So with Gwen, she's yep. coming with this. Yeah. 
what did she look like in your assessment of the patient and how yeah. was she treated? So I was, a, I was an intern at the stage. Yep. So I was a bit like, you know, oh, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a robot. Like, oh God. But I saw my reg and, yeah. and the AT, advanced yeah. trainee that yep. sort of looked after. So Gwen, her story, she had obviously few weak history yes. of weakness, change in sensation, yep. history of breast cancer, hasn't been receiving treatment. She okay. declined treatment. So anyway. Good to know. History is yeah, really, really important. And you, you know, you want to ask about urinary changes. Okay. You want to ask about bowel changes. Yep. Why? Because the spinal cord carries these nerves that supply these areas as well. Yep. And so you ask about all those things. You ask about back pain, which she did have. Yep. Uh, you ask about also infective symptoms as yes. well. And you're trying to tick all these boxes for the differentials of back pain. Have you had back pain before? Yep. Is this new? Blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. And then you want to examine. Okay. Examination is super important. Proper concentrate. Yes. Really got to examine. And probably one of the take-home messages, I'll say something now, is that their functional status, spinal cord compression, yep. their functional status before treatment yes. is a prognostic factor for what will be after. Okay. So, for example, mm -hmm. when if she was very immobile, yep. that's already poor prognostic factor. Yep. So, her functional status after treatment would be poor. Yep. That's why it's an oncological emergency. Bang, got to sort it Very important. Yep. But also, that's why you want to assess them, exam examine them. Yep. So you power, you proper neurological, full assessment neurological yep. examination, but also you want to also check for saddle anesthesia. This is where like DRE is important. Yep. So you want to check if they have that sensation because then you know that, oh yeah, definitely spinal cord. Like yep. de definitely this, the yep. nerves are involved. Yeah, and so, you know, you do the full examination. You also do top to bottom, just like any other patient that comes into hospital. Yep. So so with Gwen, she hasn't had any bowel issues, really. I mean, yep. probably a bit of change, but not out of ordinary. It was mainly her motor motor symptoms and sensation that were altered. Power? Yeah, pretty, yeah, power. So I think it was, I was going to say four, four or five. five. Yeah, four or five. So it's, so it's one to five, five being normal. Yep. And then as you go lower, it's, it's weaker, obviously. Yep. So yeah, she was like four and five. Let's just say, uh, just of memory, it was all of it was four and five. Yep. So she was obviously weak. Yes. And cessation was altered in some areas, but not too bad. Yep. Dermatomes um, stuff. Yeah, dermatomes. So I guess what, you know, what do we do? Yeah, what do we do? And this is an exam question, actually, doing BPT. So you're... No, this is... Someone's this, listening. This is an exam question. So, so, no. So if an exam question was like... What is the first thing you want? Like if you suspect it's a spinal cord compression, yes. what is the immediate step in management? Yes. Is it MRI? Yep. Is it chemotherapy? Yep. Is it surgery? Yep. Is it radiotherapy or is it steroids? The answer is steroids. steroids. You just give them DEX. High dose. 8, 16. So 8 BD. Yep. But I think it depends on how maybe how severe, but also yep. depends on the oncologist. 8 BD, I yep. reckon. Morning, midi. And DEX does? DEX what it causes, it reduces edema. Cool. So that, and I, and I mentioned like a dermatous, you know, process yep. having a spinal cord. Yep. So that's what you're trying to do. You're trying yeah. to reduce that. Yep. And then what you want to do is so you give, so we gave Gwendex. We did an MRI. Yes. Spine. Yep. Because that is very sensitive. It's yep. like you can pick up stuff. And she had spinal cord compression at T11. Wow. Yeah. A bit of spinal cord compression. So, okay, so DEX. Yep. You give DEX, you give MRI. Yep. What is the definitive treatment? Yeah. What do you do? How do you fix it? So, I mean, it depends. So, yep. definitive treatment, it's usually yep. radiotherapy. Okay. So, radiotherapy, you're trying to shrink everything, sort of like, you know, letting it, like calming everything down. Yeah. And usually that's enough. But if it was a significant fracture, yep. like significant trauma injury, yep. surgery. Yep. Surgery for decompression. So, this yep. is when you, it's important to get the neurosurgery involved. So if someone was in ED, came with a spinal cord compression, yes. 
I think majority of the people will know to give DEX. Yep. You want to do the MRI. Yep. You want to consult the oncologist. Yes. Radiation oncologist. Yep. And surgeon, neurosurgeons, if it was severe. Yep. And you'll get all those three involved. Yep. And usually, like, obviously the oncology team should usually liaise everything. Yep. But they're yeah. good at organizing stuff and getting, yeah. It's, it's yeah. important. There's other factors to play. But also going off that point, we've, we've learned about a cause of hypercalcemia. Yes. So, you know, we, you know, it's important to check bloods. Yeah. Because as we know, bone metastasis is an important cause of hypercalcemia. So, mm. you know, these patients can come with a multitude of issues. Yeah. Multitude. So Gwen had a T, T11, uh, lesion fracture, yep. a bit of a small one. She got high dose DEX. Radiotherapy started for yep. her. She was admitted. Her symptoms improved. Great. Her bloods didn't really show anything unremarkable. Cool. Maybe a bit of an AKI yep. from reduced oral intake. Kidney injury. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. She just got admitted, got yep. treated. You know, we reviewed her breast cancer and yep. then obviously she has advanced cancer because it's metastasized. Yes. And so treatment varies. Staging. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So it's important to also, when Gwen was admitted, to to monitor, to see her every day mm-hmm. and to sort of assess her neurological function. Okay. Make sure it's improving. Yep. With these patients, they, they generally report, you know, like we assess them and can see it, but they report it. They're the ones that are saying, hey, I, yeah. I, I, this yeah. is odd for me. Yeah. This doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah. I can't mm. have feeling down my, my leg. And I, and I think really scary too because it's so blood. Like when you've got a problem with your blood, I mean, you have the signs and symptoms, yeah? Yeah. But you, it's not there. But when you've got problems with, like, limb motor function, yeah. it's very obvious that something's oh, bad. Man, I'd be so scared. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be so, so scared. It's one of those things, hey, yeah. um, quarterquina, I know it's leaking to ask yeah. about that sort of spinal cord stuff too, hey? Yeah. So, no, that's a good point. So, your spinal cord, as you know, it's a continuation of the brain, brainstem. Yep. The spinal cord ends about the L2 vertebral level. Yes. L2. And from then on, you have these nerve fibers that, yep. that sort of project down into this fecal sac, yes. which is your cerebrospinal fluid. And that's your choreoquina. Yep. So many things can cause that. Can you get this from spinal cord? Like if you have a metastasis, it goes lower down, not into the thoracic, yes. but in the lower spine, like yeah. in that area? Yeah. So, so I mean, if it compresses it, if it compresses part of the nerves that are your choreoquina, yep. that will cause choreoquina okay. syndrome. Yeah, cool. So... Again, similar causes. Yeah. Trauma, yep. cancer can cause it. Cool. I'm sure if it puts pressure. But the other thing to important, the quine, usually they're the ones that are related to your bowels. Your urinary. urinary. Yeah. Retention. So it's, yep. the neuroanatomy is just... It's intense. It's intense. But it's, you know... It's, no, it's good to yeah. know. And I think I have seen the teeth. You see how I'm going to stop yep. straight. And so that's the treatment. What happened to the patient? So she re- so she recovered and she actually went home. So cool. she had a few fractions of radiotherapy. Yep. So Gwen was admitted. Yep. She was treated with high dose DEX yep. on a weaning plan. Yep. Uh, she had some fractions of radiotherapy. Cool. We asked neurosurgeons to have a look, but they were like, "That's fine." Yep. Like they didn't want to intervene. Yep. She was she she was four or five power, and you know her power improved. Cool. However, it was never back to normal. Yeah. And that that was again the take home message was yes. that the functional status before treatment yep. as a prognostic factor as what it will be after. after. So in Gwen's case, it was already pretty bad, but she still recovered some of that function. And yeah, she was discharged home and commenced on treatment. Sweet. Yep. We've covered three, man. We've gone one, two, three. Yeah. Add on I think you've added pretty much everything. I guess one more thing to add with, with, with oncology patients. Yes. With a lot of these emergencies. Yeah. And maybe that's where you got the hydrocortisone from, maybe, yes. is that a lot of these emergencies 
steroids as first line. Okay, maybe that's one. So, you know, superior vena cava obstruction is another emergency. Bowel obstruction is another oncology emergency. Wow. Cerebral edema due to Met is another oncology emergency. Okay. And all those, first line, Dex, Dex. steroids. Cool. So it's good to know that. Yeah, it is. Man, your brain is very powerful. <laughs> and dude, you have like not even looked at any notes. You've just been able to unpack this stuff. It's uh, it's intense. Like I am like, I gotta get study. Yeah, bro, me too. I got exams. I got exams. Yeah, I've been studying. Who is a mando when no one's watching? I know it's a silly question to ask. Oh. But I walk out the door, right? Yeah. Like, we're gonna go have some Indo, you know, Tamagasi, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> eat some good good Indo food. <laughs> After this, we're going to eat some Indo food. But who are you when you're not, like, when, when no one's around, when you're not YouTubing? Because, man, you've got, like, some videos about 2 million views, wow. dude. People are, like, looking yeah. at this stuff. What makes you you? Who's Armando? Yeah, that's who's Armando? Man, that's a, that's a, good, it's, it's that's a good question. It's, it's a deep, deep question. But I feel so, like you're a deep dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, I guess Armando is a... I'm very chill. Yeah, you're I'm chill. I'm a very chill guy. Yeah. I enjoy... I enjoy family time. Yep. I enjoy culture. I yeah. enjoy languages. Yep. Uh, being brought up in Indonesia and also the Czech Republic, being yep. from two different cultures, Indonesia and Czech Republic. Yep. Having family in those countries. I love mm. I love experiencing cultures. I love learning languages. I love art. You I love, love art. drawing. I love simple things in life. I love eating. I yes. love cuisines, you know, oh. different cuisines. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that, good. Does that, does that summarize? That's, that's cool. That summarize? I'm really yeah, good. Yeah. And I felt the warmth, bro, the, the, oh, the cultural cool. warmth, you know, like that you have, which is sick. And I think that you, you demonstrate that. And I feel like whenever I've seen you in the hospital context, you're the same person. And I really like that. It might be a little shock because when you go yeah, do, doing it around and you yeah. might be real serious with a team that have really got to concentrate. And that warmth, which is really cool, which is totally expressed here is really honorable and I love what you're doing and I'm stoked to see these new tablet stuff come out. I'm really cool. And I'm also stoked for people that haven't watched your videos. If they haven't, I think they're missing out. They're epic. I love them. And I also think they're easy because for visual learners, for me, I go, I get how that cell works. Even when you talked about interleukin six, I was thinking of the physiology of asthma. Uh, yeah. Interleukin stuff, I was like, yeah, interleukin is different. I don't know. I was like, I remember you talked about that. So that's cool because I've learned something. And where to from here? So for the future, for Amanda, with all the stuff you're doing, where to, what do you... Yeah, so... Uh, exams. It's a great question. You've got the exam you've got to think about. In summary, right? Yep. Yep. Exams. Yep. Pass, That's what you've got to do. Be you to pass those exams. Yep. And I think I want to, and I mentioned this to Ben, but really, you know, take a year off maybe, adventure out, take some time to myself. I want to concentrate more on education, so yep. medical education, yep. videos, medical illustrations, my channel, I'm yeah. just you know, I feel like I'll miss out if I don't. You got it. It's amazing. I'll, yeah. And you know, I'll, after all all's done, then I think I will do a specialty training. And yeah, that's, whatever that is. That's another. Nice. Yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm at. Awesome, mate. Yeah. I have had just the pleasure of talking to you, and I'm stoked. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, bro. Um, it's good. Enjoy your day. It's yeah. good to be here. Thanks, legend. Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm quickly. I'm sorry. Any resources that anyone wants to grab. So for me personally, I, I would, my journals are a bit too deep. Yep. I, I mean, I like videos as well. Yep. So just a sh- quick shout out. I mean, obviously a lot of people know Osmosis. There's also a good YouTube channel called MedEd for sort of intern sort of residency type, type things. Yep. And I guess in terms of, in terms of oncology specifics, up to date. Cool. Very useful, but also 
Oxford Handbook on Oncology I found particularly useful and you can carry that around on the wards. Sick. That's really cool, man. That's awesome. And I will definitely have, we'll put some links into some cool articles um, in the show notes and your YouTube channel, which I hope is getting click, click, click. Yeah. Also, just a, oh yeah, just a plug in. So these oncology emergencies, yep. I actually have videos on them. Yep. So uh, Armando Hasurungan on YouTube. You can check them out if you yep. want to learn more about I'm oncology. Just, I'm going to be clicking them and we're going to have videos uh, linked to this podcast. Yeah. You're a legend. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, bro. Thank you. you. Hey, everyone. I want to say thanks for listening to the EDGM podcast. Also, thanks for following me on Instagram. Please leave some comments on iTunes and please keep listening to the podcast. I love this episode. I know it was long, but he's amazing, Armando. Um, he's so personable. He's so relational and he's so keen just to chat. After the episode, we actually sat down and ate some Indo food around the corner for like an hour and a half and chatted. The cool thing about him, I know I mentioned that he's the brain, but the cool thing is that he doesn't flex how much he knows. He loves chatting. He loves medicine. He loves medical education. At the end of the podcast in the show notes, I'm going to put his videos up. They are amazing. And if you haven't looked at these videos, you need to look at them. They're so cool. They're so detailed. And I know he's going to be bringing out some really, really cool content this year. So please subscribe to his channel on YouTube. I'll have a link at the bottom for that as well. Um, Thank you guys so much. Um, Have a great week um, and I'll catch you soon. Bye. No real names were used when discussing these cases to protect patient confidentiality. Advice given on the EDGM should not be taken over your local medical practitioner to look at your local policies in relation to giving medication dosages. I also video recorded this and it's going to be on YouTube.